Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right! All right! All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What Gottlieb Show in the bonus here on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Welcome in. I hope you're doing great. Hope you're having a great show. Um, okay, so here's here's the thing on baseball. And I want to open this up to you, Ramos, and to you, Jason Stewart, because I'm sure there's a lot of frustration there. You guys are, you guys are Dodger fans, and the Dodgers obviously came up incredibly short yet again, not even making the NLCS. And then you watch, and you're like, dude, really? These are the teams? Like the six seed, the Arizona Diamondbacks? Like they're, you know, to a Dodger fan, that's a joke. It's it's one of those things that last year when you lose to the Padres, you dominated the regular season. It hurts you. But I think there is a certain level of respect because the Padres had at least some really, really talented players. And in a shortened series, they could put it together and that happens. But now we get through the playoffs and the six seed, the Dimebacks who won 84 games are representing the National League in the World Series. And you're like this. This sucks. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you, and this is the reality. We talked about this some on the radio show. It's going to be a poorly rated World Series. And it's interesting that this happened last night at the same time that the Denver Nuggets are playing and people were freaking out because TNT in their promo for the opening night in the NBA didn't include Nikola Jokic, 
a two-time MVP and the reigning finals MVP on their initial promo. Instead, it was Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry, right? And it's so funny. Like, you can't tell anybody the actual truth anymore. We want people to tell the truth and nobody will tell the truth. And I will say this. I've said it about the WNBA, but it also fits the NBA. It's so weird. Like NBA guy, most of these NBA guys, when the microphone's not on, they laugh at the whole WNBA. Like, really? You want to consider yourselves in any way equal to us and bargaining power? Like, it's you guys lose money. We make money. Our franchises are worth billions. It's hard for you to sell a franchise. You know, look at the numbers. They're minuscule in comparison, blah, 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 blah. And you're running unopposed in the summer. That's fine. NBA guys talk all kinds of shit on the WNBA and rightfully so. But here's where the parallel is. Like the same WNBA supporter or player or coach. It's like, why can't we get more attention? The Nuggets are doing the same thing. We can't decide. The media doesn't decide who gets attention. America does. Sorry, that's how it works. And uh, so the first thing for baseball, and and this is a real thing, like obviously I knew who Corbin Carroll was. Um, I knew one other Diamondback, but I mean, most of America, outside of Corbin Carroll, I'm not sure they knew anybody on that team. And now they're in the world freaking series. Crazy. But we can't, determine what the world, what America, what the TV viewers care about. We can only do the best job possible in selecting games that the most people watch. And like, well, that's not fair. Life's not fucking fair. Okay. It's also not fair for TV companies, media conglomerates to pay billions of dollars for the rights to broadcast a game. And then they go like, Hey, listen, we want you to use this team we know it won't make you as much money, but you're going to do it. Do us a solid. You're like, well, the perfect example is the Lakers. I, the Lakers aren't as good as the Nuggets. That was proven out last year when they swept them four games to none. And that's going to be proven out over the length of this series. You know, I, I don't know where the Lakers rank in the state of California. I don't think they're as good as the Clippers. If the Clippers are healthy. I know they, they beat the Warriors in the playoffs last year. Um, I think they would beat them again because they're just so much bigger and you know I, 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 I'm not sure what Andrew Wiggins will end up bringing this year he didn't bring as much last year obviously sat most of last year the Chris Paul addition I don't think helps them against the Lakers may help them against other teams but we'll see but the, the Lakers I mean look you got the Kings there they're really good you can make a case the Lakers are the third or fourth best team in the state of California maybe they're the best team in the state of California they got swept out of the playoffs, probably lose to the Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs if Steven Adams plays, which he did not because he was hurt. But again, none of that means anything. The numbers last night are not reflective of the world really giving a shit about Nikola Jokic. It's LeBron James. And, and I didn't say LeBron James is the best player in the NBA anymore. I don't think he's a top five player. I don't think he's a top 10 player in the NBA. He's just not. Nor should he be expected to be at his age. But people want to watch LeBron James play basketball. You know, it's like the people that always bitched about, like, you show every shot of Tiger. Like, yeah, you know what we're trying to do? We're trying to pay the bills. Because the more people watch, the more we can charge for ads. The more we can charge for ads, the more everybody stays gamefully employed. And we get to not move and not lose our job. That's how it actually works. 
So let me ask you this, uh, Jay Stu. You love baseball. You follow baseball. There's not a big baseball game on that you don't text me about or you and Ramos on our text chain text about. What are your honest feelings about this World Series? I think it's the same feelings I had about um, the Phillies last year. I guess the the one the one difference is that the Phillies actually had some some star power, so it was a little bit more forgivable. But for two straight years, we've had a six seed make it to the World Series, and like you and I have had conversations off and on the air, in that baseball is not going to go backwards. I don't. They're not going to allow less teams in the playoffs. You make a good argument for that, by the way. There's going to be more interest in more markets getting their teams into into the playoffs because anything can happen. It's a crapshoot. Um, ju- here's my compromise, Doug. I just came up with this overnight. You are not a world champion if you win the tournament. So, in other words... Let's not call the Braves of 2021 the world champs. Let's not call the Nationals of 2019 the champs. They were, I guess, the World Series champions. You hear that. Uh, hockey was way ahead of this, by the way. You two could, could correct me here. I think they give out a trophy to the team that wins the, the best regular season record. I think it's called the President's Trophy. Fact check me on this. And I think that that's kind of getting out ahead of something like this. I think the Braves are the best team in baseball, and no one's going to talk me off that ledge. They were incredible this year. But this, I guess, the Rangers and the D-backs are playing for the World Series title, the the tournament champion, which that 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 to me is a discernible difference. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's not the way any sports really work. Like Nobody actually gives a shit about that award in the NHL, do they? That's the thing. I I don't know. I don't I don't know if it would mean more if baseball made a bigger deal out of it or if the NFL did. I don't know. Um, I just can't. I you're not going to tell me in ten days that the Rangers or the D-backs but why? are the best team in baseball. Why? why? We didn't take away from Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was a wild card team that played three road games. They went all the way to the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. Why, why is that any different there? Because that's a that's a one game thing. I, just like the NCAA tournament. I think the very nature of the Cinderella thing is because it's a one-game thing. Baseball is is a series thing. You should you should have the better team come out of the series that they play in. And I just I don't think that either the Diamondbacks or the Phillies were better teams than the Dodgers. They just happened to be in this weird algorithm or format where they entered their series with momentum and they they knocked off the top teams in a five-game series, and I, I just can't acknowledge them as being better than the Braves or the Dodgers. Okay, well, that that I don't think is... Uh, I, I understand you, you probably had a lot of consternation over that. I just don't think that does anything to anybody, for anybody, because we do, in all sports, we have some sort of tournament or some, some format of playoff system that we have to get to, and that's who decides the champion, and it does not take... Uh, to- uh, totally into account what happens in the regular season. What was the last NBA team that won a, ch- a championship that you're like, they were not one of the best couple teams in their conference, at the very least, at their conference? Like, when was like a, a head scratching NBA champ crowned? You know, I, I know the Heat made it, I think, as an eight seed or whatever, and made the finals, but like, when was the last time we walked away from the NBA season and being like, man, 
that was not one of the top two teams in their conference, and they won. Right? Well, the Lakers when they won and they beat the when they beat the Heat a couple years ago. Um, that COVID thing. Yeah. yeah, that would be the first one that would come to mind. Um, but that's that's the that's the sport that plays series like the cream should rise to the top at the end of playoff series. Um, I mean, the Nuggets weren't the one seed in the in the in the West last year, were they? Wasn't it the Suns? Uh, I think the Nuggets were the were the one. But you call you call uh, whoever wins Villanova or Kansas the national champs, yeah, because they won a a tournament filled with landmines. Yes, with with a lot of a lot of ran, random stuff. The Nuggets were the one seed. My my mistake. Yeah. And I would say. That the, to the me, heat, the Heat were forty-four and thirty-eight. They were the they were the seven seed last year. Seven seed. Yeah. No. When no. The I, Warrior, when the Warriors won two years ago, they were the three seed. They finished eleven wins behind the Phoenix Suns. I think the Rockets won as like a six seed or something back in the non-Jordan days. Possibly. But I mean, baseball. You have now the Nationals, the Braves, um, and whoever wins this World Series. So that's three out of the last like six legitimate champs or legitimate postseasons that just weren't necessarily teams that entered the postseason as one of the top two teams. Lakers actually had the best record when they won. What do you think, Ramos? Uh, I'm excited for the World Series. Um, I was talking to Lucas last night when I watched the game and I was like, he was like, oh man, it would be nice to watch Philadelphia. I was rooting for them, Bryce Harper. I said, yeah, but, but, but the other team is, is one. I mean, the other team played tougher at the end. I mean, they went into Philadelphia and won both games. Uh, facing Nola, who's um, you know one of the best pitchers for Philadelphia, these guys just didn't rise to the to the top in these two games at home. And and Arizona still they're they're very what do they call that the scrappy team with a lot of good play. I mean Christian Walker, their first baseman, didn't even have a great series, and they still won because they're pitching. Their three guys at the back end of their pitching staff are unbelievably unhittable. Last night you saw them just mowing down guys left and right. I'm excited to watch it. Um, I love baseball. I'm not the person who cares about whether or not it's the Mets and, you know, the whoever American League team. I like to just love baseball and, and watch them. Now, um, if let's just say the Mets were 83 and whatever and made it into the finals, do you think that people would have a problem with that? No, because they're no. from New York. Because of the Mets. Yeah. No, it's New York in. Oh, they're great. Are people going to watch that? New York, yeah. Well, we'll have the... Same bad record as the Diamondbacks had to get in. So what's the difference? Oh, well, Arizona is not, they're not a team that people want to watch. Okay, well, maybe you don't want to watch it. And yeah, maybe the maybe the ratings will be not great. I don't know what to say about that. All I know is that myself, my son are going to watch the World Series because we love baseball and it's fun. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Juan Gabriel, Juan Gis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Harold G, La Bichota, Cristina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story, from rags to riches, and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez, and I'm Joseph Carrillo, and we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season Two. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to the foxes. And now... <laughs> what does the fox say? Every day this time in the bonus podcast here in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Play for your previous portion of Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. Here's Brady Quinn addressing the Twitter beef with Deshaun Watson's quarterback coach, Quincy Avery. This all gets started, though, if we're being really honest and transparent about it. It all gets started because we at Fox Sports Radio clipped off a portion and put a, a headline that then allowed people to click on it. Now, was that the entire context to our conversation? No. No. Does any article write the entire context to our conversation? No. So no one's going to click back and listen to our entire show. We've already been through this in the past year with everything in regards to CJ Stratton, what we had talked about. So I made a comparison about when you get paid a lot of money, do you have as much of an incentive to go out there and do something? And, And the answer is no. And so we end up using it. Then other people click on it. It gets aggravated. It gets pushed. It gets pushed. And then everyone wants to comment. And look, Quincy is, he's Deshaun's quarterback coach. He's some other players, quarterback coaches and all that. And look, that's his opinion. He has the ability to stand on whatever he feels like he wants to say and defend Deshaun in whatever manner he wants. 
But I think there's also a lot of other people out there who are look at the situation, and I have my own perspectives. I was a fan of the Browns. I played for the Browns as, as a quarterback, tried to play through an injury there. Like, I, I know what it's like to be in those situations and shoes. I don't know what it's like to make $230 million. But I know what it's like to come from a middle-class family, to work my ass off to get to a certain point in life. And I, I know my perspective if I was in that position. And so if people want to take issue with it, so be it. But as far as the Twitter stuff, like, come on, dude, have some fun. It's Twitter. The first thing is, I got to tell you, I thought it was super mature of how Brady handled it. You know, a lot of us, we get in these sports arguments. And especially on Twitter, and we, you know, we resort to name calling. And, you know, it's like, I, I even see it from people who don't know shit about shit. Talk about, well, Brady Quinn was a bust or whatever. Like, dude, that has nothing to do with his argument. He's actually played in Cleveland. He's offering you legit insight. He's played through an injury. He knows what that's like. He is 150 times more qualified even than Quincy Avery. I'll also point out that Quincy Avery, like, look, dude, I got into him with him with one of, I think, I think it was Deshaun actually previously. Now, my opinion with my, my opinion with um, of Deshaun is is different than Brady's. Um, it is just because, you know, I, I don't think guys would will mail it in because they, you know, it's reasonable to question it because Jay Stu, you can you can say you can uh, vouch for this because you have told me earlier this week, you were like, dude, does Deshaun Watson even want to play football anymore? Right. Wasn't that the Correct. conversation yep. we had Monday? And it's the second time we've had this. He, he gives off the vibe that if you like settled that contract and gave him half the money, he would never play football again. Yeah, now look, I, I also think that there's, there's other parts to it that I've, I take into consideration, okay? And this is a re- very real thing. I understand that any human being would carry the mental baggage um, of, hey, here's a dude who is accused of all this stuff and of, you know, sexual assault or sexual harassment, depending on the woman and the accusation, uh, up to and beyond 40 women, it's really hard to get that out of your out of your brain. But I can also tell you that, like, he was the chosen one, right? He was a star before he got to Clemson. And again, I am not in any way telling you I approve of the alleged behavior, okay? That's the first thing. It's gross. It's despicable. I understand. But I'm also trying to tell you that when you have, when your entire life, and this is a big thing in parenting, when your entire life you've been treated as better than everybody else, holier than thou, um, almost like a deity type of figure. And now every time you take the field, people boo you, people hate you, people don't, even Browns fans don't want to cheer for you. Okay. And then your body starts to let you down and you're not, it won't cooperate. And you just feel like the, the weight of the world is against you. And it it reminds me, and I understand that LeBron has never been in trouble off the court. I'm not equating it in that, but it reminds me of LeBron's first year in Miami where, you know, some guys just aren't built to wear the black hat. They're not built to get booed. They're not built to be hated. Like Draymond Green can handle it. He doesn't only handle it well, but he can handle it, but he can handle it. Some guys can't handle that. And I I think that is a, a, a possible thing. And I also think, and my, my defense has always been, hey, you are your own best doctor. And 
if you don't feel right and the ball ain't come out or coming out right, like you got to be just right. Some guys also have to be just right in order to play. Some guys can play, you know, when, when things hurt and shoot me up, give me a shot. I'll be fine. I'll figure it out. So I think there's a lot at work there. Uh, but look, Quincy Avery, he's, he's paid to be a sycophant for his client. He's paid to be him. And the, the issue I would have with Quincy is like he comes out with all guns blazing and talks really, really tough. And I'm sure at some point he also can make it into a, a, a racial thing as well. That's his kind of his M.O., but I also don't blame Quincy for defending his client because he's his client. If he doesn't defend his client, guess what? He won't be his client anymore. That's how it freaking works. And oh yeah, by the way, one of the things that we're all picking apart is, hey, is, is he actually good at playing quarterback? And that's Quincy's job, right? So he's defensive, not just of his client, but of his own work. All these things are reasonable. Um, but I, I thought that Brady handled it pretty damn well in trying to explain as tactfully as he could how he feels. And it's a sentiment that, by the way, Jay Stu, you shared with me how you feel. It's a weird thing, right? Guy's medically cleared and yet won't perform. And when he's been out there to perform, hasn't performed well. And it it was supposed to be a groundbreaking contract. And this is what I said about Namdi Asamoah. Go back and look. When Darrell Rivas was the best Corner, cover corner by many people's estimation sport. When he was holding out with the New York Jets, uh, the highest paid cornerback was Namdi Asmoai. And the argument was, well, if Namdi Asmoai gets, gets $16 million, why shouldn't I get $16 million? And the answer is just like the answer to Sean Watson, which is, hey, if you're going to compare to a contract, compare it to one that's a good contract. This is a terrible, it was terrible from the moment it signed, and it's only gotten worse only gotten worse um and this is not just because brady is a teammate at fox portray it's because this annoys me to no end if if you have the balls to go like well brady couldn't you you sucked as an nfl quarterback politely shut the actual fuck up you sound like the dumbest human being on earth there's like 15 guys on earth that are good quarterbacks in the nfl he was a starting quarterback at notre dame he was a first round draft pick those two things in and of itself is 1% of 1% of 1% of all football players, half a million that play football. So if you're on Twitter and you're unaccomplished and oh yeah, by the way, the last part is, and I'm sure Brady's sensitive to it, right? Because it's you and like anyone who says, well, you weren't good enough. You could provide context. I got hurt. I had changing coaches. I didn't get whatever. Like we've all, people who have lived it know it. But I just, I get personally bothered by, oh, you suck, so you can't comment on it. So, okay, he was a starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. He doesn't know what it feels like to play while injured. Like, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Here's Paul Pierce talking about Anthony Davis. Uh, it's 50-50 because one night he gives you games like yeah. this. The next night he gives you unbelievable numbers where he's doing everything. So, I mean, 
this is so what we come. This like is you could, like a five. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like a five. So I mean, there's no discount in his ability. It's just when he wants to do it, and he has to feel like he can do it every single night. And like I said earlier in the show, it's about his mentality. You know, you got to come in there, Denver, defending champs, and say, hey, the way you played in the first half, we'll accept. Outside of the rebounding and the defense, you got to come out like that in the second half. Yep. I expected him. I, I expected him to have like 30 and 11 last night. You know, yeah. he was on pace for, for that. He uh, was. But, you know, it's all a mentality. Did you ever like, play with fire. anybody like this? Can you remember anybody? Have you ever seen anybody come and go like he can no, come and no, go? Not with his talent. Right. Not with his talent. When you talk about top 10 talent, potentially being the – he could potentially be the best player in the league. He I can. Mean, I mean, come on. He has yeah, that ability. I agree. But this is the thing. He, maybe he's feeling the pressure of the best player of this generation yeah. handing the torch to you. You know, I don't know what kind of pressure that is. You know, you got the a generational a LeBron in my eyes, you know, one of the top five players that ever played the game, handing you a torch. Yep. You know, that should give you confidence in itself right there. But for some reason, we don't get that from AD night in and night out. Um, I mean, th- this is the problem with picking the Lakers is you're, you're hoping that LeBron at his age can stay healthy, that Anthony Davis with his injury history can stay healthy, and that Anthony Davis can be consistent, which he wasn't even consistent in last night's game. And one of the things that people miss, and I, I don't think Anthony Davis misses this, is that Anthony Davis wants to play more of the four like he has previously in his career after he won an NBA title with him essentially at the five. He wasn't the starting five, Javel McGee was, but he essentially played the five. And last year with all their playoff success. Th- this is where people are missing the change in the NBA because mostly of the Nuggets which is if you want to, you know, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? And the best team is the Nuggets. To go through them, they are across the front, Nikola Jokic, you know, somewhere in the six foot eleven, seven foot, 260-pound variety. Aaron Gordon, who's listed 6'10", probably more in the 6'8", 6'9", sort of variety. And Michael Porter Jr., who not not swole up and big, but also six foot nine, six foot ten, elite-level shooter. You have to play big. So he's having to guard Jokic. And what I don't think people understand is how much guarding a center, guarding a body like that wears you down. Um, I think there's a lot of elements to why he was, uh, he disappeared in the second half. We should give the Nuggets credit. But I definitely think that's the, the, one of the biggest reasons why I just can't pick the Lakers to do anything special is you're counting on health from Davis, health from LeBron, and consistency from Davis, and I don't think you're going to get that. Here's Doc Rivers and Dan Patrick talking about James Harden earlier today. If a GM called you to get your opinion on James Harden, you would say what? That's the, maybe the best question someone's asked me. Um, he went playing right, and if you watch, I tell everyone, go back to the first half of last year. Yeah. Where, where he gave himself to the team. Then we were the best team in the NBA for a, a 10, 20 game stretch. And it was, you know, obviously we have Joel and Tyrese and Ty- Tobias, but we were because James was being a point guard. Yeah, but, but what changed can, though, Doc? What changed? He was playing perfectly, I thought, for you guys. Yeah, he really was. I, I would say not making the All Star team really bothered him. Um, and I thought that that was egregious you know the coaches just didn't put him on and he would never say this but in my my gut i thought it changed almost immediately remember about a game or two after that he called me and said hey i want to start coming and playing with the second unit more 
Um, and I know exactly what that means. Um, more shots. More shots. I want to go back to attacking and playing. And, you know, we had our ups and downs from that point on. Yeah, I mean, look, I I understand. Remember, Doc now is in the media. Doc now can put a, a nice bow on it. Doc can explain it all the way. But you just you can't fool us on James Harden. We all know he doesn't want to play defense. He's not about winning. He's, he wants to, like, who gives a shit if you're an all-star if you've been a league MVP? But that's where his brain is. That's where his brain is. That's what the Fox says. All right, give me who and what's annoying, Jason Stewart. And now, it's your annoying. I thought that was an amazing sound, by the way, that Doc Rivers told the country that James Harden pouted after not making an all-star team, and then it was all about the shots for the rest of the season. Of course. And it derailed the team. I. Has that been reported somewhere? I thought that was amazing sound. But anyways, um, Phillies fans, I've always I've always uh, related to Phillies fans because I've always thought that I was a displaced fan. Like I'm the kind of fan to my Dodgers that Philly fans are to them, their team. Like most Dodger fans are like John Ramos; they love their team, they stand by their team, they look at the um, the glass glasses half full, and God bless them. That's not me. Um, Philly fans, they die with their teams when they lose. Somebody with the iHeart Radio family had a great idea. They put mics in the faces of Philly fans walking out of the game last night, and it went something like this. We had a home field for two games, two games, and you let them come here and beat us? Phillies need to sell Trey Turner. That guy's a fucking idiot. We went farther without that guy. Fuck the Phillies, honestly. Trade the whole fucking team. This team fucking blew today. I want to say that I'm fucking depressed. I had to ask nine people for this fucking cigarette. Philly fans, we always stink. Disappointment. Man, that was just straight garbage. This sucks. I hope they never fucking play a baseball game again. Fire Topper. Topper! What's up, man? Feeling like I want to go lay in traffic. Fuck all them bitch-ass motherfuckers that couldn't get a hit when we motherfucking needed it. Um, I love how we spent 700 mil for guys to go 0 for 12 combined. So here's what it, what's I, I, I Holy that smokes. That's, that's amazing. Oh, you didn't see that? that no, that's unbelievable. This is, what, this is what's annoys me about it, is that whoever uh, cut it up, they took out the cuss word, so we can't play it in because we can't. Um, but that was, that to me, that sums up Philly fans, and I love them for that. I love them for that passion, you know? You love them for that? I think I, they find them to be the most annoying, obnoxious people ever. Oh, everybody, we can't stand we're, we're all like We're all about Philly. We're all about our team. And then you lose a couple games and trade everybody, fire everybody. Nah, fuck you. Uh, you're annoying as shit. Philly fans are annoying because they're fake, phony. You know, su- uh, their loyalty is completely based upon wins and losses, not about, not about the actual jersey that you're wearing. This is something that I know will interest you, Doug. Um, there's going to be two black players in the World Series. Uh, Tommy Pham is half Vietnamese. Marcus Simeon is is black. Um, it's an improvement from last year. Last year was the first year since 1950 where there were no black players in the World Series. So they they're you know it's up to two. Um, I looked up some headlines from this past season, and this is how. Uh, it, the black problem is presented. 
Major League Baseball has a diversity problem, says CNN. Um, where is it? Uh, Esquire. This is a great one. Few black Americans play baseball, and MLB doesn't seem to care. This is what's annoying about this, Doug. Why is it baseball's fault that black people, black players, don't like to play baseball? Why is it their fault? Why is it their problem that American black athletes choose to play other sports? And it's been two straight generations now that that's happened. I don't know why this is an MLB issue. It doesn't have a diversity problem. A lot of the people on the field, including the the best player in, in the world, is Asian. Uh, a lot of people are Dominican on the field, different Latin countries. Um, I don't understand why this is a, a baseball problem, Doug. Um, I think it's the it's the belief that baseball uh, is at least in America an elitist sport that it has a kind of country club sort of uh, background to it, maybe country club light. Uh, which is is accurate. It's crazy expensive, um, and it's very suburban, and you got to be on a club team. Uh, and the the fields, the resources, it doesn't play off all, all the time into where people of color at times live. But there's also the other part too, which is fucking boring. Like my son, obviously, my son is white. He was a really good baseball player, and he's just like, Dad is so boring. I like basketball better. I like football better. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's like there's, what, one left-handed quarterback in the NFL now. Obviously, there's going to be a second one uh, next year with, with Michael Penix playing. But what, what happens in baseball is, what I believe is, if you're left-handed and you're a quarterback, you have people going like, well, why don't you just play baseball? It's so much easier to make it, you know? Um no one else, and and it's it's weird. I don't think there's a genetic predisposition. I just think baseball is fucking boring to some people. And if you can create a game which is more exciting, more fun to watch, and easier to follow, then I think you'll have more success with the more with more athletic kids. Um, I don't know. That's that's yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't even know how to how to handle it. I. I, I do. I think it's worth mentioning. I do. The problem with it is, as you point out, like it's not really a diversity problem. It's it's just not like we never point out like, hey, how come there's no Indian baseball players? Right. And by mean Indian, I don't mean Native American. I mean, actual Indians. Right. That there's no they because in our country, they don't focus on that. It's really what it is. Right. You mentioned the number of Asians. There's not a lot of, I, you could probably count on one hand or two hands the number of American-born Asian professional baseball players. Can you think of any off the top of your head? I mean, Tommy Pham is one, but it's not, you know, he's, is he Taiwanese that we said? Tommy Pham is half Vietnamese. Um, half Vietnamese. Kurt right. Suzuki, remember, Cal State Fullerton. Sure. Was, yeah. Sure. But, but why is that? Okay. Whereas um, Asian-Americans make the most money per capita of, of any race. Well, because in their households, like sports isn't as important as family and school is. So it's about what's important. The black athlete dominates football and dominates basketball. I, I can only, I, I'm not black. I can't tell you, but I don't think it's a base. I, I would agree with you. It's not a baseball problem. It's a perception problem. 
perception is got to be a rich white kid to play baseball. I think there's some reality to it, but I would also tell you that it costs money to play all these sports now. There are no, there are very few sports which you can get by without spending any cash. So that's not really nearly as viable uh, an explanation. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Juan Gabriel, Juan Gis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez and I'm Joseph Carrillo and we're the host of Becoming an Icon season two. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's welcome in. He's John Paul Morosi. No one covers Major League Baseball like our Fox Sports Radio MLB Insider. Of course, you see him on the MLB Network. You see him on Fox as well. And he joins us uh, here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What's your reaction, JP, to the Diamondbacks not winning once in Philadelphia, winning game six and game seven in Philly? 
pretty extraordinary, and this is not the way that we necessarily expected the, the postseason to unfold. Uh, I would love to know uh, if anyone out there projected a Rangers-Diamondbacks World Series. Of course, the D-backs, 84-win uh, season, a uh, pretty low number overall, but they're playing their best baseball at the right time of year. And certainly when, when the series went back to Philly with the Phillies leading 3-2, uh, a lot of us, myself included, expected the Phillies to find a way to win at least one of the last two games, but the D-backs pitched extraordinarily well. Uh, obviously, the Phillies just scored three runs in two games, and the Diamondbacks finally got their their small ball approach going. And Doug, I think the, the stat that's going to stand out there to me for the most uh, yesterday in Game 7 is that the Diamondbacks won a road Game 7 in Philadelphia, one of the hardest road ballparks to play in the Major League Baseball, with one extra base hit. One. That's it. They stole four bases. They were in motion on the bases. But to be able to win in that environment with just one extra base hit, uh, I think is one of the more extraordinary things we've seen in baseball this postseason. Doesn't that, though, epitomize the change in baseball this season? Um, in, in that, and, and uh, I'm being unfair to you, JP, because I'm not letting you answer for a second. But for people who are the quasi fan and they've heard baseball change some and change some rules, Increasing the size of the bases, of course, with and some of the other rules have increased, you know, when you, you can't put the traditional shift on has brought athleticism and and small ball back to baseball. And we look at the big boppers. I mean, obviously, the Yankees are the best example of it, of a team that hits too many home runs built for a foregone era. But in this, again, smaller sample size, at least in game seven, new baseball beat old baseball. And I think, Doug, it's a very fitting way in that context for the National League pennant to be decided. It does, to me, embody the way the game is being played now, and also to an extent, and I realize the pitch timer and other innovations are somewhat new, but when you go back and look at teams that have won World Series championships in the past, whether it's the Royals in 2015, the Nationals in 2019, with Howie Kendrick and the Royals in 2015 did not have a real slugging lineup that are much more contact-oriented, this general style of baseball has often won in October. It just hasn't been necessarily uh, packaged in quite the same way. And listen, there are plenty of instances where you've got a slugging team that wins it. The Astros last year, uh, I think to an extent, were able to win that way. The Braves the year before uh, were able to win that way. But, But this is... This is often, with execution and base running, the Giants of 2012 come to mind a little bit of the way that they were able to win games, and even the Giants of 2010. It was a a little bit of power, but a lot of pitching. It's just different recipes that allow you to maybe overcome the the disadvantage of not having the Bryce Harpers and the Kyle Schwarbers and the Trey Turners up and down your lineup. Because at this time of year, good pitch execution can find ways to beat you. You saw Nick Castellanos, he was getting pitched a very certain way after game one. He went completely quiet. If he was better after game one, the Phillies are probably still playing right now. And the biggest thing, too, Bryce Harper, there was a fastball that Kevin Ginkle threw him in the seventh inning that that he'll probably be seeing in his sleep for a long time because it was so close. He put, I think, a very good swing on it, but he missed by just a little bit. 
And, and Harper's at-bats, I think, throughout were tremendous. This, it is not in any remote way, this is not in any tiny way the, the fault of Bryce Harper here, not even a little bit. But that just, to me, that at-bat underscores how hard it is to hit. High-quality pitching, that was a fastball. It was moving well, uh, but it was still located in a, a spot that Bryce could get his bat to it. And I'm telling you, Doug, a fraction of a centimeter is basically the difference between that being a home run and it being an out and the Phillies advancing and the Phillies going home. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Okay, so I think here's a bigger question, which I'm just interested in what you guess is the answer. It's not going to be a well-rated World Series. There's nothing we can do to make people want to watch teams that aren't traditional powers and teams that have won 84 games. It's just not. Um, but in your opinion... Is this healthy for the sport? It is, and here's why. I think that when the brand of baseball is entertaining, whether it's the the benches clearing situation in, in Houston, whether it's Corbin Carroll announcing his arrival to the national scene with a brilliant Game 7 last night for the Diamondbacks, the young star from Seattle. He's, he's just a really interesting uh, story in, in his roots in the game. I, that I, I always now look beyond whatever the ratings are to judge success, uh, and I think that a lot of teams do, or a lot of leagues do as well, uh, because it's not just the, the ratings. I think it's engagement whether it's social media engagement or just engaging with the sport and talking about it. And I think that there are ways to get people engaged in talking about the sport that don't involve that don't involve necessarily the big market teams. And this, to me, is where if you're a fan of the game, if you're a baseball family, if you've got kids who enjoy playing baseball, softball, if you grew up as a baseball, softball fan – it's up to all of us, and I put myself in this category as a parent myself, it's up to us to show and to convey how much fun this sport is to watch to our kids. And it should be irrespective of which jerseys are on the field. And one of the big things, too, is if you are someone who says in any context, hey, we see too much of the Red Sox and Yankees and Dodgers on the national telecasts, okay, well, prove to us, <laughs> prove to all of us that work in baseball media or the television networks that, that we don't need to rely on the Red Sox and Yankees and Dodgers, that, that if you put a good product on television, it doesn't matter what jersey they're wearing. If it's fun, if you see Corbin Carroll stealing bases, if you see Adelise Garcia hitting the ball a million miles, you'll watch. And so my advice to everybody is to give it a chance and to not necessarily be too caught up in, in necessarily who's, who's playing. If it's good baseball, let's support it. Let's get behind it. We don't need to worry about if the – no one ever says when the Packers make the Super Bowl, oh, my gosh, it's a small market team from Wisconsin. No one's going to watch. That's absurd. Uh, and I think it should be similarly absurd to say the same thing about baseball when the product is, uh, is exceptionally good in my view. I would also um, add to that. JP is that what this will do for the rest of the league and and we've seen it with teams sneaking into the playoffs, but when a six seed can get all the way to the world series, I think it'll energize a lot more franchises when you get to the trade deadline in future years, because they sit there and go like, you know what? Like we can just get in. We got ourselves a shot. I, I, I think that it's probably bad for the sport immediately because 
people make overarching determinations about a sport. They'll say, well, yeah, the ratings were up and the tenants was up in the regular season, but the postseason is what matters. And look at those numbers for the World Series. But, right. the, rea- but the reality is the sport is healthy in the regular season, which is important. And I think this will make it an even more uh, competitive August and September in future years because you have, you know, non-division winners, especially a six seed going all the way to the World Series. Is that a, is that a possible, and uh, you know, um, uh, future forecast, a forecast for the league based upon this year's results? Absolutely. And I think that fans and those of us in the media should hold these teams to account for that exact concept. Uh, and I think it starts, honestly, with free agency opening in about two weeks and, and when how much you see teams spend. Let, let, let's think about it this way. The Diamondbacks won 84 games in the regular season. That's one more game than the Cubs won. So, all right, Cubs, where's that one win? Where Where is that one win that you didn't get that you can spend a little more to bring in a little more talent and compete at a little higher level? The Cincinnati Reds, they won 82 games. Two fewer games than the team that's going to the World Series. So let's see some investment from the Reds. The Detroit Tigers here in my home state, they won six fewer games than the Diamondbacks. That's actually not that many. It's not that big of a difference in a, in a full season of 162. That's, so six games, that's a game a month. Can you find a way to win one more game per month that gets you into that conversation of at least winning 84, 85 games and gets you into the playoffs? And I think that, that it should, to your point, Doug, it's a great point on your part, it should stimulate and inspire greater imagination and greater spending by a, a broader range of teams. Uh, okay, let's 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 look at the World Series. Um, what, what's your what's your best guess on this thing? Because you look at the Rangers and Bruce Bochy, they've been amazing, uh, but you know we didn't see Max Scherzer until Game Seven pitch in any way remotely close to Max Scherzer. They've had a lot of injuries with their starters. You mentioned the pitching, which has been outstanding for the Dimebacks. What's your forecast for the series? It's a great question because I, I look at this and I see a little bit more, I see a little bit more talent on the Rangers side. And yet you would have said the same thing before the Phillies and Diamondbacks played that the Phillies had, had the deeper lineup. I think the Rangers have the more powerful lineup. There is no one, uh, no one really anywhere and no one in the, in the lineup of the Diamondbacks quite like Adolis Garcia, who hit five homers with 15 RBI in the ALCS, just an absolute tour de force for what he can do. Uh, and so I think he's the guy that I'm going to be watching. Um, how do the Diamondbacks find a way to potentially pitch around him and, and make Corey Seager beat them or Nathaniel Lowe? I mean, they've got guys that can, that can still do damage, but I think Garcia is one of one. And, and so I think he's the guy that I'm going to watch how the Diamondbacks approach him. I think in some ways the, the Diamondbacks, their, their preparation of facing the Phillies will do them very, very well against the Rangers because they had to deal with Harper and Schwarber. Uh, they were, I think, careful at different times with, with Turner as well, uh, and they learned how to do that. And I, I think that the Rangers pitching, uh, the rotation, aside from Scherzer at least, has been quite good. I think Montgomery is really in a, in a great run of form for him. Nate Valdi has always been great in the playoffs. Bullpen is solid. It's a, if, if anybody, though, is saying that, that the Rangers are clearly the better team, 
uh, and and that the Diamondbacks in some way are are a, are a distant underdog. I, I think that's just not paying attention to what just happened in the National League Championship Series. I think it's very close. I look at this as being a six- or seven-game series again. Slight edge to Texas, but uh, the way the Diamondbacks got their offense going, Doug, there's not a lot of teams right now that could find a way to win back-to-back games in Philly uh, with pitching as well as the D-backs pitch. So uh, I I think it's going to be a seven-game series, and the Rangers find a way to win. Uh, Last thing, Shohei Otani. Mm -hmm. You know, he's had the arm surgery he is a free agent. What's the word around baseball on what he's thinking? I think that we're going to learn a lot more in the next couple of weeks, Doug, about exactly what his objectives are in, in terms of free agency. But I, I do know that, I'll just say this, in, in preparing to, to cover free agency in the hot stove this year, which, which this is one of my favorite times of year as we get things going, I, I plan to make as many phone calls and talk to as many people about Shohei as, as anybody else uh, in terms of any other free agent. He's still the number one name on the market, even though he's just a DH quote-unquote, just a DH for the year of, of 2024. Uh, there is still the expectation that he might sign a deal that's at least a two-year deal that allows him, uh, with potentially some options and some different elements in the deal, to find his long-term home and stay there as long as he is able to, to be healthy. And, and maybe there's a, a contract clause that takes a two-year deal and makes it a seven- or eight- or a nine-year deal if he's able to get back and be healthy and then throw a certain number of innings in 2025. I, I think we're talking about one of the most unique for free agencies in the history of professional sports. Uh, and I, I expect the numbers to be huge, at least on a per-year basis, Doug. I'm not sure if it's going to be the guaranteed half a billion dollars that we talked about at different times. But I think on a per-year basis, that we're talking about $40 million, $45 million, $50 million, um, for a shorter-term deal especially. I think those numbers are very realistic. Awesome stuff. Uh, John Paul, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the World Series. We hope to talk to you during it. Appreciate you being our guest. Anytime, my friend. Always enjoy our conversations. Thanks for everything. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. I'm Doug Gottlieb. We'll check you tomorrow. This is In the Bonus. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.